Good morning, Fairhill Church. Uh, I'm so glad that we can be here together, even if it's not in person. Of course, I've missed you guys. Um, it's been hard being away from each other, but um, here we are now, and, and good morning. So today I thought we'd look at uh, what is, to many of us, a really familiar passage, but it's the familiar passages that I think um, need to be directly and clearly applied to a situation like we're all in. And so today we're looking at uh, one of the, the very famous passages, how God has equipped his church in the midst of the battle, that we are not in and of ourselves equipped to, to fight the battles that God has put ahead of us, but he has given us what we need. He's equipped us with this supernatural armor that is ours because of our connection to Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be looking at, at that famous passage in Ephesians uh, 6, verses 10 through 20, seeing how uh, we might be equipped for a time such as now uh, for the work that, that we are called to. So if you want to turn in your Bibles with me, uh, or there's a, there should be a little tab with a, a nifty Bible app right there uh, waiting for you. We're going to read Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have not left us alone in the battle. You have not left us, left us alone in the, the struggle and the suffering. But you have given us Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ comes with us with his armor that he may equip us for all spiritual battles that you have called us to. Father, we ask that you would press these things into our hearts, that we would take up this armor, that we would fight, and that we would see that the spiritual battle going on around us, we would not be consumed with ourselves, or the things of this earth, but that we may uh, continue to glorify Jesus in the most unlikely of circumstances. Would you be with us this morning, uh, in our homes and with our families? Father, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. So, uh, in this, we have uh, three kind of sections here. We have Satan's schemes, we have God's armor, and we have Jesus' glory. And so we're going to walk through all three of those, starting with the schemes of Satan. All right, so we can get consumed in, in the present reality, but behind these things and in back of these things, we have a, a real larger war going on, a spiritual battle 
a real enemy. Verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. All right, this is a statement that is, is always, always true. That as much as there's a reality of the things going on that we see with our eyes, behind those things, in every circumstance, there's a spiritual battle. And so we think, okay, how do we apply a passage like this, and spiritual warfare, and what are, what are Satan's schemes in the midst of all of this? And maybe we think, okay, I, I, I can apply that. Uh, the coronavirus came from the devil. That that is his scheme to destroy us all. Uh, he, he, he created a pandemic. Now, uh, maybe you think that that, that fully answers the question. Uh, that's kind of a redu reductionistic way of, of thinking about uh, Satan's schemes. And I think specifically because uh, he has larger purposes than causing havoc or chaos. He has specific goals of, of keeping us from glorifying God in Jesus Christ that he cares about, often when we don't care about, is God getting glory. And he doesn't want us to give glory to Jesus for the work that he's done on the cross. He wants us to be distracted. He wants us to, to be caught up, even on these kind of front-line, glaring, in-the-news headlines kind of schemes, so we might not see the deeper things that are going on. When in reality, there are much more dangerous things that could happen from a pandemic, that we might be tempted to, to sin and to, to fall away in spiritual warfare, to, to fall into doubts and distractions and despair that our hearts would be led away from our Savior and the people who desperately need to hear about Jesus would not get to hear about him because his people have gotten distracted. And so that's where, in every, every, all these sufferings, there's a, there's a catalyst here. And there are purposes that Satan has, and it's to, to get into our hearts and keep us from worshiping and keeping us from glorifying God for all of his goodness in Jesus Christ. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, let me take, take four, four examples of what this could look like. So, uh, some of the schemes. He could use uh, the coronavirus as a tool to bring out our selfishness and our rebellion. Now, I don't, I don't want to submit to authorities. I don't want to sit inside. I don't want to flatten the curve. Uh, I want to enjoy this time to the, as much as I can. I don't, there's the collective effort, but there's the individual effort. And the scheme is that we might be led into failing to glorify God because instead of sacrificing and, and submitting, that we take up our own purposes. That is a scheme that the coronavirus isn't, isn't the center of, our heart is the center of that battle. You know, another example is maybe, maybe this is a tool that is schemed against you so that you may be overtaken by fear and anxiety. That you don't want to trust God. You, you feel like the only one you can trust is yourself. And so you're constantly buzzing with uh, how are you going to provide for your family? How are you going to get the things that you need? And you plan, and, and we kind of become these, these cauldrons bubbling over with all of the, 
the newest anxieties and doubts and catastrophes. What has the scheme done? It has kept us from glorifying God in faith and in trust. In glorifying God in the reality that he is our Father and will take care of us. Other schemes, maybe the, the total other side of that, is that we might fall into sloth and apathy in the midst of all this. That, hey, now we have every excuse to, to get away from people. We've been looking for it for a long time, and, and we have isolated ourselves from the body of Christ. We have stopped engaging with God, that we've removed ourselves from relationship with him, and we just kind of melt into this pool of nothingness. And maybe at best we say, well, I'm fine. I don't need to worry about them. Uh, I'll take care of myself and, and move on. Now, what is the scheme? The scheme is to keep us from glorifying God in active love and worship. And maybe the, the, most, the most devastating is that sometimes uh, that scheme is to bring about real doubt and disillusionment with God himself. That we would see this and we'd say, well, where is God? Could God even, even be part of this? Maybe, maybe I'm not a follower of him after all, maybe he's just not real. That we would stop glorifying God because we would doubt his goodness and maybe his even existence. So what am I saying with all this? Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying that there's no physical danger. I'm not saying that there's no physical aspect. Is, obviously there is. Um, but where does the battle take place? The battle first takes place spiritually in the hearts of people called to worship and glorify Jesus. And if we get that order backwards and we start first with the physical and then the spiritual, yeah, we can try to do all of these things, but with the wrong hearts, with the wrong motives, and we can start running after. Um, fighting the physical battles, but with fear and with doubt and with apathy, kind of ruling our hearts in the end. And so we're called, as Christians, to be concerned about, first, the spiritual battle that we are waging the spiritual battle of, of fighting the evil within our hearts and the suffering of people who desperately need to hear about Jesus. That we fight the battle of, of loving people and sacrificing for their sakes. That we fight the battle to glorify God in Jesus, and that battle is waging whether we are quarantined or not. And so the question then becomes, as you look at your own heart during this time, what schemes is Satan using against you? How is he warring with cosmic powers and, and spiritual entities to keep you from Jesus Christ? What temptations is he throwing at you? And what are you going to do about them? So the assumption is that, that attacks are going to come, attacks are going to be there, that there is this spiritual battle, and the reality is we cannot stand up against it without some kind of help from Jesus Christ, uh, from God our Father, through Jesus. And so thankfully, we're not just left to go, go run out into battle um, wearing our pajamas, that he gives us, you know, as you are in now, uh, he gives us armor and he tells us, he tells us to put it on. And that's where oftentimes we talk about the armor of God, and and we still sit around in our pajamas. We have to put it on. And so, uh, verse 13. 
Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. So the call is like, if we don't put on this armor, we'll be swept off our feet. And so we are told, put on your armor and stand your ground against the attacks that at the very last day you will be standing. And so let's, let's look at that. The armor that's given to us, verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place. Your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take that helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. All right, so what are these things? What, what's important about this? Uh, truth, righteousness, readiness, faith, salvation, the word of God, prayer. All right, that's the point, that we need to put those things on and they will protect us, they will keep us engaged in the battle and fighting the battle. They'll keep us standing in times such as these. So first, there's this belt of truth buckled around your waist. All right, what is the truth here? There are a lot of truths out there. What are the truths that you need to battle, to put on that you might battle? Jesus loves you. He died for you. He was resurrected from the dead. He has been victorious for you. We see in 1 John, he says to them, you have overcome the evil one. Because you are in Jesus Christ. The reality is Satan is a liar and Jesus is truth. Not just a speaker of truth, he is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so as you put on this belt, you are wrapping around you the realities of who Jesus is and what he has done. That in Jesus, there is a possibility of greater commitment than anything out there that we could run after. That that Jesus is working far more diligently and beautifully and gloriously than we can ask or imagine. That those truths, we have to see, and we don't just look at them intellectually, we have to put them on. We have to wrap them around ourselves and make them the truths that we believe. We put on this breastplate of righteousness. Now what kind of righteousness is going to keep us from getting stabbed in the heart. It is not your righteousness, your performance, your working to make sure that, that you are staying good and not listening to Satan. No, that's, that's paper armor. That's cardboard armor. The righteousness that we need is the righteousness of Jesus. The righteousness that has been imputed to us, that has been granted and gifted and graced to us by the blood of Jesus Christ that washes us clean, that we may be declared to be in right standing with God. Now that equips us because that, that fights off the, the temptation to, to pride that we may think that, hey, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm strong enough, I don't need to submit to any of this. It fights off the, the apathy 
that you really want to glorify this one who died for you and washed you clean and made you righteous, that it would wash away, it would tear out from us any temptation to fear. Because we are not under the judgment of God. We are righteous. This, this is not, the pandemic is not our judgment. We stand righteous. We stand as children of God. And he is working and he is loving us in the midst of these things. The righteousness that is not yourselves, it is, it is in Jesus Christ alone. The feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Readiness. All right, that seems weird. How does, how does the gospel of peace translate into readiness that looks like shoes? Um, all right, the question comes, all right, if I'm going to go to battle, do, do I know enough? Am I ready? Do I have what I, I really need? Do I have anything to offer? And what this says is, yes, you are ready for battle because you have the gospel of peace. You have the good news of Jesus Christ, death and resurrection, that you are not called to, to build yourself up and, and train every day. You are, you are ready because Jesus Christ has given you his gospel and it is actually the gospel to create peace out of war. To turn this spiritual battle into, for the people that you give it to, into peacemakers. To find peace with God. And so we put on these, these shoes of the gospel itself and we, we walk and we run and we sprint into battle. We are ready to fight. And that's where we might doubt, like, you know, I, I'm falling into the, the apathy and the, I, I don't care anymore. And we're called, look at the gospel that you've been entrusted with. Like, run. Run forward. How can you spread this gospel? How can you preach? How can you teach? How can you make tangible for people this gospel? This is the time to do it. Faith. Faith, really believing the things that have been promised in Jesus Christ. And that's where we have this choice. Um, we can take all of these truths, the, the love that Jesus has for you, that you are adopted as a child, that you'll, you'll return with him to, to glory. And we can pick, we can pick those truths up and use them as a shield, or we can cast that shield away. And the reality is sometimes, sometimes the Satan's arrows are going to come. I think it's 300 where they, they blot out the sun. And what are you called to do? You're called to cling to those truths and, and hide behind your shield. All right, there are going to be times when you're called to like be running and hitting. And, uh, and there are other times where you might just have to cling to your faith as a shield and hide behind it. And the goal is not that you might be the greatest warrior in all of Christian history. What is it? It's that you might stand. And it's that faith that's going to allow you to stand, faith in what Jesus Christ has done, that it has been enough. And that the promises he makes are real, that he's going to do the things that he has promised. Pick up your shield, see that the realities, and believe them. And trust him. Salvation as your helmet. All right, that's a, that's a big deal. 
That by the resurrection of Jesus we have been saved. We have been saved to eternal life. We have been saved from our sins. We have been saved from judgment. And unfortunately, in the battle, we can oftentimes, we leave that helmet at home. Because we think, you know, that, that helmet's for, for another day. It's for a far off time. Why would I need my helmet right now? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just doing my normal life. I'm sitting around in my pajamas. Uh, don't leave your helmet at home. That is your salvation. That's, that's the security. It says, you know, no matter what happens, that salvation was gifted to you by grace and it is never going away. It is never going away. That is your security. If, if the whole world crumbles, that salvation is secure because it is not earned by you. It is given to you by Jesus and the cross. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Alright, this word. This word, he has given it to us. And as we read it, and as we, we fill ourselves with it, the Holy Spirit uses it as his sword. And he cuts down the lies, and he fights our doubts, and he fights our sins, and he changes our hearts, and he makes us more and more immune to the lies that are given, given to us by, by Satan himself. Alright, so you, you have time in quarantine. Uh, use it picking up your sword. Alright, you have a lot of time on your hands. Um, this is a great use of your time. Prayer. That same spirit that is fighting by his word is, is lifting your, your prayers to your Father who is in heaven that he is making them effective, he is making them uh, real and true through our mediator, Jesus Christ. I know that a lot of you are praying, you're praying for me, you're sending prayers. Uh, keep it up. And pray for the spiritual battle. Pray that this may be used remarkably for good. Pray that you might, that we might see God's glory in the midst of all this. Pray that God might battle this pandemic. And that we together might sacrifice and love and share the, the reality of Jesus Christ. And that's which takes us to this final section. So uh, we saw Satan's schemes, we saw God's armor, and then we see, ultimately, Jesus' glory. And that's where we, we had all these doubts, and we thought, look, okay, this is the, the scheme of Satan, and we're saying, actually, actually, if our hearts are right, and, and God is working all things for good, actually... The same situation that might tempt us to, to despair or to sin or to doubt can be used for Jesus' glory. And that the gospel of Jesus might be declared more because this is happening than if it weren't happening. Look what, look what Paul says in verse 19. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. All right, so what is Paul praying? He's saying the reality for, for him is that he might be tempted to fear. That fear is the thing that Satan is trying to catch him with because there's, there's real dangers out there. And yet, the reality that he is in chains and that he is persevering and moving through the suffering and the, the sorrows, it actually gives him uh, greater power to share the gospel because he is embodying the very gospel of Jesus Christ. He's embodying the cross. 
And that's where, in the midst of times such as these, we have a chance to embody the cross of Jesus Christ. That as we put on this armor, and as we fight, in the midst of all this chaos, the reality of Jesus, the reality of life from death and, and humility to glory, is shown forth all the more. And that's where, to, to speak to those who, who are doubting the reality and the goodness of God in the midst of these things. The most beautiful things that we have seen point us back to Jesus. That when you see this call to, to love others and sacrifice and, and throw out your happiness for the sake of others, that is a pretty uniquely Christian principle. And it's embodied in our, in our God, in Jesus Christ, that he would sacrifice all things so that he might love those. That he was in no danger of being judged for sin. But what does he do? He is judged for sin on our behalf. That he gives up his life to give us life. He, he resurrects so that he might pull us out from the grave. And the sacrifice of, of every worker, of every doctor, Everyone willing to sacrifice, that's a picture of this great physician who died for those who were sick with sin, and he gave his life. It's a picture of the, the reality of, of the, the beautiful things that, that we see in the midst of, of a crisis like this. That our hatred of evil and suffering and death, that Jesus Christ shared that. And he didn't just share it emotionally, he shared it in reality. That he took those things upon himself. And so, please don't blame Jesus for evil. Instead, like, see how Jesus Christ empowers us to fight evil and to act. And when we do that, we actually see that this is an opportunity to glorify Jesus Christ in the midst of battle. So, some very practical things. Uh, how can you glorify Jesus Christ in the midst of this? Uh, please submit to social distancing. All right? None of this like, well, uh, if Jesus is with me, then who can be against me? All right, don't like, that's selfish. Uh, it's not good theology. Uh, it doesn't embody the sacrifice of Jesus. It's a bad witness. Uh, all right, you're called to sit around for the, to, to embody the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You can do it. I know, I want to go to Walmart needlessly and buy chips too, but like we resist uh, for the sake of loving people. Um, maintain community. Uh, as a millennial, I discovered that phones can make phone calls. Uh, I've been texting my whole life and, and uh, talking on the phone. It, it, we're able to do it and it actually is uh, a great way of connecting with people. Um, call people up. If you, if you can't be in the same room with them, you can be with them uh, through this remarkable device. So, uh, really do it. Do it. I, I had a friend call me up, and he was like, he, he, we never established that kind of relationship. But it, like, it was great, and it, it moved forward. So, uh, pray with each other. Encourage one another. Share scripture. Help each other put on this armor. All right, we don't need to fight alone. Get creative about how you want to fight with other people. Uh, alongside them. Uh, care for those who don't know Jesus. That during this time, we have a remarkable opportunity to reach out 
and ask people and love people and sacrifice for them, that the gospel might be really clear to people who really do need him. Uh, create battle plans. So battle, battle, fight for your, like, create plans for your family, for your small groups, for how you can stay connected, how you can read your Bibles, so you might be diligent and, and intentional during this time. But ultimately, ultimately, put on the armor that Jesus Christ has given you. Righteousness and salvation and faith. And the, the word of God and readiness and all of these beautiful things that help us in a time such as this. That's what we're called to. And that's what we're called to. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for the work of Jesus. We thank you the armor that you've given us. We thank you that all of these things are true, not because of us, but because of what Jesus Christ has done. So would you, would you make us uh, warriors that we may glorify your name, that we may not be weighed down by Satan's schemes, but instead that we may glorify the name of Jesus for all that he's done. Father, would you use even this time for your glory that we may look back and say uh, that your hand was there, that you were working, and that you were working salvation through the cross of Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. You now your your benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and who is able to present you as blameless before the presence of the glory of his joy, to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Have a good time. Glory to God.